Hope well finds message. You finds message. This message. I well you finds you. I hope well hope message. This I you this this well finds you finds you hope you this I. Welcome to another episode of I Hope This Message Finds You Well. I am Chris Dittle, and with me is my friend and colleague, Eloise Sweetman. Today, we share an interview we did with curator Cedric Falk in May 2021. Cedric Falk is chief curator at CAPC Musée in Bordeaux. Previously, he worked as curator of exhibitions at Palais de Tokyo and Nottingham Contemporary. At the latter, he developed trans-historical and multidisciplinary exhibition projects. For instance, Still I Rise, Feminism, Gender, Resistance, and Grace Before Jones, Camera, Disco, Studio. He also curated performances combining dance, music, video, and edited several publications. I hope this message finds you well. I wrote down this little note from this interview I I listened with you and you said how every exhibition should aim for the abolition of the exhibition itself and that like spoke to my heart because you know this sounds very radical but I know it's about the politics of exhibition. It's about the politics of exhibition making and how we think about it. And I just love that, you know, how you also talk about like how you want to work with positions that there is always this possibility of refusal and kind of getting out of that concept and kind of sabotaging it or at least not taking it for granted. Right. Maybe if you want, you can tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think I I, I I kind of love the exhibition format and at the same time struggle with it. But, but I think it's very much related to how artists, the artists I'm in conversation with mm-hmm. are dealing with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of practices that I'm interested in and the way they always, yeah, try, try to sabotage a certain aspect, whether it is the temporality, for instance, with some shoe when I worked with her for a solo at the same contemporary and there was that gesture of like changing the whole structural architectural element of the show but without telling mm. anyone yeah. um which had an impact in the way people were going to navigate the show uh, and then encounter like the works that were sticking to the same place basically mm-hmm. um and it's it's that whole kind of it was like a whole attempt at um undermining the idea of the exhibition as uh, some, something static, but also something that is like conveying a certain idea of truth mm-hmm. uh, in a way, and how exhibitions are actually like works of fiction mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's something that yeah, people that are not used to like go to to go to going to exhibitions uh, often take things. For granted, when when any any can be quite violent, I think, uh, and that's that's what I'm always trying to think about <laughs> how to kind of yeah shift things, make the connection between what's inside the exhibition and what's outside, and that's very much something that I've tried to do with Rita Scali, for instance, and 
with the the that uh, attempt of well, it was not an attempt. It's like something she's done several times. It's like bringing Verbana uh, leaves at Palais de Tokyo and actually from Morocco to Palais de Tokyo and using that specific shipping uh, network that is only used by the Moroccan diaspora, which was very challenging for the institution itself because there is no invoices, no certainty of when things are going to arrive, for instance, and then the idea of people being able to take the verbana and take it away from the from the institution, mm-hmm. and that kind of asking lots of questions about the the health and safety, basically, and it's always putting me in complicated <laughs> positions <laughs> to try to enact those gestures, and I'm often asking even myself that. Do people get it? Like, is it something? And I, I mean, maybe people don't even need to get it. Maybe it's only like from the level of the artist practice and my my uh, position as a curator and trying to kind of shake the institution a, a little instead of just like saying we're going to learn that work and put it there. And and in those kind of processes, I'm trying to find like yeah, create some some holes uh, and bridges, I would say. And yeah, it, it's it's it's. The, the whole question of value, I think I, I'm trying to kind of understand uh, at the moment. But oh, but coming back to this idea of uh, abolishing the exhibition, <laughs> I think it's for me the, the whole... Uh, I was very much interested uh, very early on as I was studying in the way it was coming from, the exhibition format mm-hmm. and norms around it. And I kind of delved more and more into the colonial kind of roots mm-hmm. of, the, of, the, of the whole thing. And that's why, I mean, that's why I'm a curator in the first place, I would say. I, I, that's why I'm still working as a curator, because I feel like there is that kind of impossibility of what I'm trying to do, of <laughs> like trying to think and deal with and through blackness with the exhibition format, when actually there is like a whole impossibility of those two things kind of coexisting in a way, because in a way you could say that blackness was or like the idea of race was invented or formatted by the exhibition mm-hmm. in, in, in in some ways because it was like used as a tool to rationalize differences and explain why certain people had to be yes, seen as less than basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? So and their cultural productions uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, I don't know if that's something, I mean, I don't even know if that's something that I have in my mind all the time, but that's basically, that's definitely something that I found interesting, this very problem mm-hmm. that I tried to inhabit. And that's probably why I said this. <laughs> I think you said taking the banana leaf, the banana leaf from Morocco to Palais de Tokyo. The banana. Oh, the banana, sorry. The banana. Oh, the banana. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but banana, that's, that could have happened as well. <laughs> I was like, okay. But I think, like, what I, what I think is really interesting about that is that this, like, the exhibition and the artwork in tandem is, like, elastic in some ways. Mm-hmm. That And that also, like, it's not totally graspable mm. by the audience mm. necessarily, perhaps not even graspable by you or yeah. the artist. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that kind of, it's destabilizing mm. 
this traditional yeah. idea of what an exhibition is, which is what you mentioned before. And I think for me as a curator, this is what's really exciting. Mm. Right? It's like the also this like this small glimpse into a process or a journey yeah. or, or an experience that for me I'm interested in from the perspe- uh, from the position of like feminist practices, but also like this idea of idea of exhibition intimacy mm. and mm. and it's also these sorts of experiences what is what makes art so now exciting and important mm. and yeah yeah I mean it's pushing the boundaries of what's possible I think one, one of the things that I'm that's related to the idea of abolishing <laughs> exhibitions <laughs> is also the idea of something that I, I don't know if I was talking about this already last year but I kind of came around with this idea of curators as that figure of power yeah basically in the way the art world is functioning at the moment mm-hmm. specifically for me as someone who works within institutions and uh, I could say for an institution which I'm I have lots of problems with and at the same time keep occupying as a position mm-hmm. and so it's kind of always trying to undermine that very position as well mm-hmm. and I've kind of started to speak about cultural vulnerability which mm-hmm. now I think the more I say the more the less I believe in <laughs> I mean it kind of become that kind of perform performance of vulnerability as well mm-hmm. um but I still believe that it has like a, a, a meaning in the way that it enables me to kind of always think of my relationship with artists and how I establish trust, mm-hmm. a relation of trust, uh, and always for me trying to actually put myself in a position where I'm not reproducing a certain pattern of power. I mean, it's always going to be, there's always going to be like that uh, kind of, uh, bias because it's like as institutional as an institutional curator, you invite, mm. you choose, mm. you kind of decide on a lot of things, and then it's like very difficult. <laughs> so that's why that's why those projects, like the one with Rita Scali, was like so interesting to me because they were like putting me in a difficult position mm. uh, as well. Uh, but she also did, and in some respect, I feel like the project was a failure because it was actually difficult and it had it caused a lot of harm uh, in 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 many ways. And she knows she knew it was going to be like that, but <laughs> like, does it have to be that way? I mean, mm-hmm. in between us, it was always fine, but in a way, the the yeah, the institutional violence got got yeah. kind of yeah, it hit us. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I, I imagine once you start messing, you know, with the kind of modus operandi of art institutions about insurance, safety, and you know the protocols, then maybe your position also as a curator becomes, you know, a little bit more how to say conditioned within the in this institution that you are suddenly not playing along with those roles. But I wonder if that's what you meant it with the institutional violence. And maybe towards the artists as well. It's that, and at the same time, I, I felt very, very bad because I was, I, as someone who works for the institution, I'm also, I'm also working with colleagues, mm-hmm. and so it's also like how I do not want to put them in difficult positions either. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you don't want to put anyone in difficult positions, yeah, and you end, you end up actually like causing lots of difficulties for everyone. So, and at the same time, I had like the most interesting conversations about this work with like the production team that was trying to understand 
why the why the shipping company network why this one why the Vavana had to come specifically from Morocco mm -hmm. uh, why it had to be uh, taken away uh, by the audience uh, mm -hmm. afterwards mm -hmm. all those elements were actually like leading us to very interesting conversations about art mm -hmm. and I was it's I think one of the most interesting conversations I've, I had about art happening in Tokyo was around this the, the how to make this work happen mm -hmm. logistically speaking mm -hmm. brought us to like so many layers of like yeah in terms of the conceptual aspect of the works that, of the work and uh, Rita Scali's practice basically mm -hmm. so at the end we were all very happy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but still <laughs> that I was doing like I, I haven't really worked for an institution mm. so much more as a more as a freelancer or, but often entering into the institution I would be doing things or proposing things with artists that the institution has never done before mm. and like and it's only with the kind of the benefit of a hindsight that mm. I understand the difficulty that I was coming against was the fact that these people that nobody knew what to do and that like was very scary mm. for often uh for people but at the time it felt very violent mm. and that and that also like the sense of the way like because you know as, an, as a curator that invites an artist mm. who also feel responsible yeah. for all their, yeah. their experience mm. and, and i think it's true for you chris like the the responsibility of making sure that the artist is treated mm. And the artwork is also treated, yeah. and that's mm. the, the priority of yeah. our work. And and then like, but for a long time, I like, but I like, I was like, I'm a really difficult person. Right? <laughs> I like people don't like working with me because they must be. I'm so difficult. And then I realized, no, it's because these institutional processes are totally limited, mm. and that actually like they're deeply, deeply, deeply flawed. And like, and it's like. The re there, there, there is a reason why art exists to also help us nav navigate and undo mm. these structures. Yeah, but more and more, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm just talking about myself. No, no, <laughs> but I think it's a, it's something that I that I deal with like uh, on a daily basis, yeah. like in terms of uh, asking myself actually, like when it, when it comes to like setting up projects, trying to find the balance between okay, yeah making things easy for everyone and at the same time actually like bringing something that's gonna uh, create a bit of disruption yeah and I think I also started to now realize that you cannot do that without thinking of the impact that it can have on everyone and, and sometimes it's not possible sometimes you cannot embark in like those kind of processes because the the the, the maybe it's not the right time for this maybe it's not the right time for the artist like yeah, and I started to also be yeah, being able to say okay, well that's not something you can do all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> even even for the audience, I think it's difficult yeah. to follow. Sometimes you also need to kind of embrace. I I also embrace the exhibition format sometimes too. There are some aspects of it that I that I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in the way, in the way you can tell stories is something that 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 I've learned a lot with Samson, mm -hmm. the director at Museum Contemporary. Um, and I like that telling stories as well <laughs> because some of them need to be need to be told that the exhibition format enables so many 
kind of um, ways to to tell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, it's something that I've been doing quite a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that freedom. I mean, that's that's the one of the things that I love when I'm experiencing an exhibition is being like, wow. <laughs> that's, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning something. I'm discovering something. I'm. I'm just uh, very enthusiastic about this mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. where where you like suddenly a relationship between two people or like two things is being highlighted, and yeah, it's. I'm. I have lots of conversations with friends who are like kind of not believing anymore in like. Contemporary art as it is being produced today, and the way it's being it's functioning today, and the place it has in like the broader cultural landscape. Huh? I'm not at that stage yet <laughs> because I keep seeing good stuff, yeah. basically. <laughs> and I, and it's yeah. also like a thing where you have conversations that I don't know in with like where else I could have them. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, yes. I keep, I, although I ha, I can have those like very harsh or difficult positions, uh, I think on on the on the art world and on the the exhibition format, I also really believe in it mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm full of contradictions. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's like to also like to understand one's position and also to see the flaws and the flaws is. Uh, is important, right? Otherwise, it kind of becomes mm. a cult of that we're all thinking yeah. the same way, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that also, like, I think that the what is wrong with art and what is wrong with curating, there is the possibility of hopefully to change it through the way that mm. we choose to work, mm. right? Like, maybe um, it won't happen straight away but yeah. I am I would say that I'm quite an ideal uh, idealist yeah. when it comes to, to to which is why Chris and I get along really well because Chris uh, uh, I would say is not much more critical uh than would you say like I which is I think it's really yeah it's true. Along I'm really to. grappling with that because you know it's very easy to hop on the train of criticism and then you get in this spiral and in the art world, when you look at its politics, oftentimes it's very easy to kind of drown in it, you know, and I'm really trying not to. So I, I want to be more affirmative and see the good things. But, you know, I don't know. It's it's there, I'm sure. Like, uh, I think it's good to see things in its complexity without saying, like, this is good or bad. Or I'm not, I don't want to be like fatalist in sense of like, this is doomed or... But, you know, I really cherish that kind of complexity and negotiating about things and understanding that we are always in a process and we will never arrive to, like, saying this is a good way to go or these are the right ethics. As long as it creates discussions uh, and debates and that it can, like, move forward in terms of, like, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think, I think... I think it's something that is like beyond uh, the, the art world in a way. I think yeah. we started to become very much aware of um, our own positioning mm-hmm. uh, in terms of where where we when we do something, what kind of context we are operating within, and what kind of impact it has uh, on the broader idea of the world. Mm-hmm. And 
and I think Cosmic Art was wild at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of the violence that it could uh, um, produce uh, on people and uh, ecologically as well, and you know, and it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's not solved, but you can definitely see that some people there are, there is like people that are trying to do the work of making that uh, center subject mm -hmm. uh, in the field, mm -hmm. and I think it's very very important mm -hmm. uh, to I think the institutions are not yet to the stage or like a certain it's always difficult to say institution because it's like so <laughs> but um places uh, that are that are at a certain scale yeah uh, are not not able to always take that on in charge those criticism and and uh, because we don't know yet how I mean unless we just decide that those places should not ha exist mm -hmm. and art should be presented in other ways and exhibitions are not within institutions I mean it's also like a possibility mm -hmm. and lots of curators do that it's not a new thing either to think about this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think like it's always and the way it happened a lot was uh, in the context of manuals yeah <laughs> which is also yeah. very problematic yeah. you know yeah uh, but in some ways there are stuff to take as well from this uh, format mm -hmm. as well to kind of make art happen in, in, in uh, different ways mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think that's what um, I mean there's that text that I wrote last year on the practices of Cameron Roland mm -hmm. Tarlin Lazar Dima Basirokan and Abbas idea and I think that's the those are people that I'm very interested in in a way that yeah they look beyond uh, the exhibition space and, and the the institutional framework at the same time, adjusting the institutional framework, but yeah. also like <laughs> yeah. taking it further all the yeah. every time. Um, so that yeah, it's definitely like uh, I think there is like very great stuff happening. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, I, yeah, I was uh, I was reading your uh, piece in Moose, and I was it was also really really interesting to see. The works of the artist, because I was like, ah, oh, it's so, it's so, I don't know how to, how, Go for it. how to explain it, like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I like, I could totally see like their works in shows that I curate, yeah, and and, and but I, most of them I didn't know, I know Carolyn Lazard, and but um, and I, I and I was, and it was also so interesting how Essex Street really and yeah. the gallery is yeah. a, always a good place to go, mm -hmm. so, but um, but how like the in the exhibitions that I'm curating, like their work would fit so well in terms of the questions of again intimacy. Yeah. I'm also working with ideas of like de declaring it oneself as yeah. not knowing as like we would talk about it off, uh, <laughs> but also like as as aesthetic objects, like they there's something of it's like they're so exciting and but yet like our entry points are coming yeah. from such different places. But how like that's what's also so wonderful about mm. art is that like we can we can really find ways of deep well in your case more deeply because I'm you now getting to know them but to connect to them in a way that like I feel like these works are like I need to get to know them more yeah, like yeah. they're very important like you're also like do you know the work of Charlotte Posenenska? A little 
like I feel like a lot uh, some of the things that she's yeah. speaking about uh, in her work, like I, I think connects really beautifully to there. Yeah. So that, uh, and uh, yeah, it's like. We have to talk more. <laughs> yeah, I think one one of the things that one of the, the thing that can be said about that work, so at least the work that I focused on in in the show, where I mean, in the kind of borrowing of the ready-made aesthetic or like mm-hmm. bringing things into a gallery space that are things that you can see outside of the yes. gallery space. Yeah, it's a uh, it's um it's something that I can be very excited about because it makes you look at those things. Uh, in a different way, mm-hmm. um, and at the same time, people that are not—it's uh, <laughs> a criticism that people make uh, in terms of uh, what you can expect from a contemporary art um, institution. <laughs> that is very deceiving. Yeah. In a yeah. Uh, but I think they bring something else to the table. It's not just ready-made. It's like ready-made plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The positioning of the work, like the the really like this, uh, how what the ha- the room around the work and how you would in, like come to like come to be standing mm. in the work. I think that's mm. to me what's also important. Yeah, work. yeah. To, to me, it was like for Karin Lazard's uh, piece um, that I forgot. I, I don't want to say I don't want to say that because it might not be the right title. Yeah. <laughs> um, that you can miss. You can well know the one with the white oh, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see it, you you're like what? Carol <laughs> <laughs> Roland is like also so sparse, like the, the yeah. way things are being placed in in uh, in a gallery space, and it's a criticism that can be made as well. I mean, I think it's. Uh, in in um, sparseness and scarcity of the of the of the practice, uh, but and at the same time it enables to question this idea of occupation. Yeah, of I space. was going to say that. Yeah. yeah, which is like something that I'm always kind of working at a place like Palais de is very demanding in the way that you always have to ask yourself why this has to take so much space in a way I mean it's so huge and mm. it's always it's always kind of uh, adopting the mentality of um, the occupier mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways I mean to me it's you know, always in my mind when I'm when I'm installing a space I'm like okay how do you occupy or inhabit or Take take yeah. take up space, uh, and there is like a definitely like a, a parallel to be made between like how we how curators and, and artists colonize spaces, mm-hmm. and I think it's yeah. something that kind of came up quite quickly in my uh, in, in across. Um, I mean, when I when I when I was in London, we set up a space uh, with like uh, uh, four other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Clearview, mm. and it was uh, in North London, in an area called uh, Seven Sisters, just at the edge of Tottenham Hill, and it's uh, it's an area that is known for like um, that has a history of rioting mm-hmm. uh, and social uprising, and they have that uh, the space we had was 
in an industrial uh, area that was um, nicknamed the artist's colony. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you cannot avoid... You cannot avoid the analogy mm. um, and the way we were participating in like a certain um, justification process. And so that's something that has always been kind of in my mind in the way um, in the way I, I work and mm. in the way I'm going to like also physically uh, occupy space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with like exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Which are always temporary. Which are always temporary. Yeah, actually. The occupation of space, or you could, in the case, like, because uh, I mean, I've never experienced the work of Carolyn Lazard in real life, I've only seen it uh, online. But the why I could imagine that you could also say that in terms of it, the work operates in two ways, right? It, on one hand, it's occupying space, but it's also claiming a space, mm-hmm. that it's also keeping it free yeah. to uh for for any any kind of interaction in in that moment yeah. in time. Like mm. it could be like one that is violent, but mm. it could be one that is intimate. And like and I think that's also what is interesting with the exhibition as well is that it could it is always temporary. Yeah. I mean it's the okay, the housing of like the institution like mm. the infrastructure itself is that's one thing. But also like the uh, the exhibition is only there for mm. a certain. I mean, I don't know how long have the exhibitions at Palais de Tokyo is months and months and months. Yeah, it's uh, it's like class like four, three to four. Yeah, you know. But I mean, but, but the exhibition is something that is you know being is built, deinstalled, and then it moves on. And I think that's also what's really a, a, as the, as a concept that the exhibition is interesting because it's constantly mm. changing, like it's never static. Which is what I think you were uh, you mentioned in in an interview that you uh, made an exhibition which you referred to as an exhibition that ran after itself. That it was yeah. the, uh, which I that was my first. Exhibition. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's like that it was uh, a show that is completely decentralized. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was operating is bi-located, located itself in multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like a quite a wild thing. I think at the time I had lots of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, to kind of to kind of work really like beyond. I mean, it was like not at all like. No budget, uh, very self-led, uh, only with like the the ambition of my own ambition and the, uh, the desire to work with like artists, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and so it was like lots of people, but I think I I think somehow it was very much uh, it had very much to do with the way I had experienced uh, contemporary art in the first place mm-hmm. because the first time uh, I saw consciously contemporary <laughs> art was um, at, the age, at, at the age of 16 and it was like a festival and it was taking like across it was happening across the, the whole city the whole city of Toulouse uh, which is where I, I, I grew up from 10 to 18 and and so like for me contemporary art was always that it was always that that thing that is doesn't have to be 
text in one place mm-hmm. and happen inside. Yeah. Uh, but something that could also, like, yeah, in terms of its temporality and in terms of its location mm-hmm. and the way you would experience it could happen in very different uh, places. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also questionable. <laughs> Again, this idea of occupation well, and yeah. public space and how this yeah, is being, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm sure there are like uh, examples in yeah instances of contemporary art public commissions being made to actually um, choreograph or like control even more the way people occupy a space. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but uh, that definitely had like I mean the. It's, it's kind of going back to this idea of the binary model. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think we not, I was not aware of this at the time, but I was just like, okay, let's try to do something that is going to be, I, I didn't have, um, the, the possibility to do something in galleries. Yeah. I didn't have a space myself and I didn't, I was not, uh, uh, I didn't have the pedigree. <laughs> For people to be like, yes, come do something at our space. So I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna do it like uh, outside uh, and um, within my own kind of yeah uh, possibilities. Mm -hmm. And so it happened in Paris, in three different spaces, uh, public spaces across. um, It was like a a month-long project. It was happening every Saturday or Sundays. and the spaces themselves were like selected because they had that relationship to this idea of the chase. Mm. Um, and so it was the, Les Arènes de Lutèce, which are like basically at the, at the heart of Paris. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, it's an ancient arena, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. Uh, where you had like, well, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it was uh, used for like gladiators fight, but that in my imaginary, that's what was yeah. happening there, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, or at least like yeah, types of performances. Yeah. Uh, um, actually, one of the things that I yeah I remember like right now, they they, were, they used to kind of fill it with water. Yeah. So they could have like boats and stuff. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of insane. Yeah. And the yeah, other one, the other one was like a, um, a playground mm. uh, in Belleville, mm. very nearby, <laughs> but which actually was designed for children to um, challenge their own idea of risk. So oh, it's yeah. very on the on a very steep hill, oh. and it looks very dangerous. <laughs> It's kind of insane. <laughs> I would, I would be like, no, I, would, I do not uh, bring my children over there because they're gonna fall for sure. But it's kind of beautiful, the architecture and everything. And actually, like, there is not. I mean, I have never heard of any accident that happened there, but there was that specific architecture that I was interested in. And then uh, a skate park mm-hmm. uh, in Bercy. And yeah, it was like the the the, the project was called La Poursuite, which is uh, the chase. Uh, in 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 French, and already it was, I was interested in this idea of basically like yeah an exhibition running after itself or an exhibition fleeing itself uh, basically yeah um, and so the selection of the works had to do with either the locations where they were like being shown um, and one gesture by one of the artists for instance was um, to capture 
all of the artworks at the end of the of the of the whole project, for instance. So they, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when I when I think of it, it was kind of insane. And I think a lot of things that I'm thinking about now um, are when like the, I planted the seeds. I think already uh, then mm-hmm. I was not aware of like a lot of. Not a thing, but <laughs> I had those intuitions, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. I hope this message finds you well. I actually, I want to ask you on something you mentioned earlier, that you the question of value is becoming increasingly important for you and or that is something you think about a lot. And I was wondering from what perspective do you approach the question of value? Because I share this interest very much and the kind of complexity of that notion, which most oftentimes when people speak about, they think about monetary value, but there is like social value, the symbolic value. You can also approach it from perspe- from, you know, the question of subjectivity and objectivity, which I think, you know, in regards to art institutions, especially public institutions, is really interesting to talk about where they claim that they represent some sort of objectivity and, uh, you know, the, the like uh, the strangeness which comes with that kind of statement or sentiment. So I was just wondering, what is your approach to the question of value? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that I think was also kind of um, always there uh, because because the question of class has always been like, uh, well, maybe I was not aware of that at the beginning. And actually, I think I came to contemporary art um, because I had the desire to escape a certain like uh, social um, environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so because it was representing that kind of there was like this idea of luxury that I was just attaching to the mm-hmm. uh, although it's a very precarious field. <laughs> but at the time, uh, and and for some people, it is uh, very luxurious mm-hmm. actually. Um, and and also the idea of um, being intellectually challenged. And so there was there were those two things. But then it's also something that I started to very much um, obviously. Yeah, be yeah, be critical of um, knowing what what we all know about in terms of how artists can be very precarious or any art workers that operate um, independently, like uh, and in terms of what is being presented to us <laughs> in institutions, it's always like yeah, the kind of value that object have in relation to how much people are paid. I mean, it's just like insane to me the kind of uh, Gaps um, that we that we intentions that we that we work with. Um, but very recently, I started to work with Anna Collin, who is a curator in. Uh, who is, she's a French curator. She's uh, kind of known for having uh, um, led a whole series of exhibition around uh, the figure of the witch. Oh yeah. But like before, before it became like trendy. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so, in relation to like uh, gender and queerness, mm-hmm. uh, basically, and, and other other things, and um, and she founded that school called Open Schoolist, mm-hmm. uh, which was a free art school in the UK where the art education and any type of uh, higher education is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
to a fault. And so um, recently she embarked into a new journey, <laughs> um, learning about um, landscape design uh, and pursuing a PhD. Uh, around uh, alternative art education, and we we've been like uh, colleagues first because I was interning at the Lafayette Foundation, Lafayette Special, mm-hmm. and she was a uh, assistant curator there for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year we started to work together on two projects that are actually um, thinking about this idea of value, and the outcome of the, of those projects are gonna manifest. Uh, between between the end of this month actually and uh, September, um, there is like a, a whole series of uh, video videos that uh, interviews that we've led with like a few people uh, like thinking about this idea of value or like we ask them questions about this idea of value in contemporary arts uh, specifically and so many discussions uh, <laughs> are gonna are gonna happen because it's gonna be followed up with like a some kind of uh, um, seminar uh, in September. Um, anyways, so like the, the, this whole idea of value to me uh, is very much uh, related to yeah, first of all this idea of class, I would say, and the gap that there is between contemporary art and people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's a very elitist um it's a very it's feel. I think I think a lot of you need a lot of codes. You need a lot of uh, knowledge to be able to approach things in a in a in a, in a way that is not scary. I don't know. I mean, it's like approaching contemporary art. I think can be very scary. Yeah. And I, I think we all at some point at the very beginning, if you didn't grow up with contemporary art, you are at some point scared. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. to enter, okay. yeah, to enter spaces yeah. or to, um, and so like we're trying to think about what, why, and how we can undo this basically. Yeah. Like, what's the what's the matter with the? <laughs> 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 and at the same time, ecologically speaking, the impact that uh, art production has and the way we do exhibitions, um, for, for some people, yeah, it's like. And I think I've, I've done that as well. I mean, it's uh, not taking into account the the impact that it has in terms of waste, in terms of flight. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although it's not about like putting any kind of uh, blame on like personal people, because it's always like systemic kind mm. of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to 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 try to think about this uh, um, as well. And yeah. and then obviously like all of the one of the subject related to like representation mm-hmm. uh, and the, where the money comes from. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like very tangible and um, subjects at the moment. We cannot avoid uh, those those things. Uh, but I think even in terms of the 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 civil kind of role that art can have, uh, I think it's and that's why I'm really happy to. To go uh, to CFC in Bordeaux, mm-hmm. where I'm gonna I'm gonna work from September, mm-hmm. because it's like a, a museum and an art center that, that is like uh, city owned, uh, I would say. Uh, and so the, it's the, that mission is at the core mm-hmm. of the institution, and I'm, my job 
is no longer to, to just like yeah present artists for the sake of it or just no there is like a real mission for mm-hmm. me to kind of okay what do I do and what do we say as an institution uh, but also how do we actually like make it more of a democratic uh, space as well in terms of how decisions are being made mm-hmm. um, and yeah so I have lots of ideas yeah. <laughs> in terms of how things can happen actually and I think it's also like continuing on this uh, idea of uh, curatorial vulnerability and as much as I said exhibitions should always uh, try to like uh, destroy the exhibition format in one <laughs> or another I think I'm also trying to think of creating as uh, um, moving towards its own the, the destruction of the idea of curating as well so mm-hmm. it's uh, so so yeah I think I think and I don't know if I would be able to do it because it's, I think it requires a lot of yeah, you need to be very brave. <laughs> but I think ultimately the the final goal for me is like for creating to not exist in a way, uh, or to not myself on a, on a personal level to not uh, operate as a creator anymore, uh, and see how creating can can happen in in other ways uh, as well. And I have like I have like an, I have my little idea of how that can happen <laughs> and my next move is to become a reality TV producer oh <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, yeah that's something that I start, started to say more and more so oh okay well we did have that as a question what would you do if you weren't a curator <laughs> well, we know that we know that now I I want to sign up for that revolution of destroying curate, you know. I always say to Eloise, and maybe, you know, this works against myself saying this on public, but I'm with one leg out of the profession. And it doesn't mean I, I love it so much. I love to talk about it. I love working with artists. But there are also, you know, these things that I feel are necessary to dismantle. So I want to join you in uh, in the project. <laughs> I think the difficulty in the art world is that people, I mean, it, it's a difficult. I mean, I think I'm speaking from a position of privilege when I say this because I work for institutions. At the same time, I do things like as an independent director. Mm-hmm. So I have that much kind of visibility and power you could yeah. say now that I'm able to say that mm-hmm. I think if I was like an independent curator that I was like not paid uh, <laughs> well or anything I, I would not be having this discourse mm-hmm. um, and I think it's like for me thinking about this idea of redistribution a lot mm-hmm. of uh, power and resource of how now that, I've, that I'm occupying this position how can I like like uh, rewire mm-hmm. Uh, and think about uh, inviting other people, whether they are curators or other. Mm-hmm. Like I want to try those. There is a very interesting institution uh, in in Berlin called NGBK, mm-hmm. which operates with that uh, kind of on a membership basis, uh, and they have uh, artists and other type of art workers involved in in the institution. Mm-hmm. And uh, the program is being being based is based on the open call process and then all of the members of the of the association kind of uh, uh, attend presentations of the project and then decide on which one are going to be um, part of the program mm. basically and so I don't think they even have a curator yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm quite interested in this I'm quite interested in okay how that membership at the level of a, of a city or museum like Serpice can be uh, basically I would, I would like 
the people to be involved in the process of uh, deciding in one way or another on the program. That doesn't mean that uh, um, I don't have. Uh, I mean, there's still there's still like a level of expertise. I I, I would say at, at some point that that can be brought on the table, but maybe it's not as a curator. I mean, it's like as someone who is aware yeah, yeah. <laughs> of what happens in contemporary art, so they're able to like speak about it to the audience. Mm. And I think it's always been like a very kind of um, it's been a yeah, it's it's a very important mission of mine, I think, to be able to like speak about art and contemporary art to like anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's very, 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 very difficult. Mm. It's like. Uh, I feel like I'm always failing, <laughs> but um, and so now that's why probably I'm interested in like reality TV. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested in like YouTube. I'm interested in like uh, that kind of culture that makes um, any type of knowledge available. Mm -hmm. uh, tutorials. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. types of things. Uh, and yeah, so so it's. Uh, at the, at the core of what I'm doing, I'm, I'm hoping one day that um, I will achieve those, those missions. I hope this message finds you well. If you are interested in Cedric's writing, we recommend the article Transactional Objects Full of Context in Voided Sites, published by Moose Magazine, as well as, as, well as checking out his curated exhibition Governmental Fires at Futura in Prague, Czech Republic, We've linked both items in the show notes. Our next episode is our last of the season before we take a break and interview our next guests. In it are some of the outtakes from all the interviews which did not make it into the main edit. We discuss subjects of labour, care and curatorial myths. As always, if you have feedback, you can email us at ihopethismessagefindsyouwell at gmail.com you can also follow us on Instagram at I Hope This Message and find us on SoundCloud under the same handle. Our jingle was by the band Difficult and sound engineering was done by Nick Thomas. Hope well finds message. You find message. This message. I well you. Finds you. I hope. Well hope. Message this. I use this. Well finds you, finds you hope, use this I well. Hope well finds message, you finds message, this message I well you finds you, I hope well hope, message this I you this, this.